0: Well, praise the Lord. Pastor Jerry coming to you again with the Word of God. Today again, we're going to jump into the book of Acts, this time in chapter 13, please. Acts 13. And uh, I'm going to go to, let's see here, let's go to verse 42. And it says, so when the Jews went out of the synagogue, the Gentiles begged that these words might be preached to them the next Sabbath. Now, When the congregation had broken up, many of the Jews and uh, devout proselytes followed Paul and Barnabas, who, speaking to them, persuaded them to continue in the grace of God. And that's what we're going to title this one today, Continue in the Grace of God. Now, it said to continue in the grace of God. The word continue means to remain, uses the same word there for like abide, uh, to stay over or to stay with it kind of a deal. It means to keep going, persist, or refers to, you know, moving forward. So in other words, keep going, remain, continue, amen, in the grace of God. Which, by the way, would imply that you possibly could not continue in the grace of God. So just kind of keep that in mind with where we're going to go with this today. Uh, Let's go to chapter 14. Hallelujah. It says, Now it happened in, in Iconium. That they went together to the synagogue of the Jews, and so spoke that, and so spoke that the uh, that a great multitude, both of the Jews and the Greeks, believed. But the unbelieving Jews stirred up the Gentiles, and poisoned their minds against the brethren. Therefore, they stayed there a long time. I love, I love Paul. Amen. Uh, you know they're giving you trouble, Paul. Okay, I think I'll stay longer. You know that's anyway. Praise the Lord. That's Paul. Therefore, they stayed there a long time, speaking boldly in the Lord, who was bearing. Here we go, bearing witness to the word of His grace, granting signs and wonders to be done by their hands. Amen. So, bearing witness or providing witness. Amen. Um, anyway, uh, I don't. I just kind of look at this, and we're seeing the grace of God being ministered. What is grace? Um, the word grace itself, charis, is the. Uh, Greek word, but it is defined in the Strong's, I'm going to bring this out now, the Strong's definition, okay, it means a gift or a benefit or a favor, and many times that's the way it's, it's presented when you hear teaching on grace, which is very accurate, praise God. So it is a gift, a benefit, a favor, but it also defines in the Strong's Concordance a divine influence upon the heart and then its reflection in the life. All right, so a divine or a God influence upon the heart and its reflection then in, in one's life, okay? In other words, whatever's in the heart is reflected. And if you know uh, the heart, meaning the core, the center, it's not referring to the blood pump, but your, the core, the center, literally means the seat of control, all right? So what we're talking about is a God influence upon one's heart and then it's reflected. So whatever's in the heart of man is always reflected. Uh, Jesus even brings out in Mark 7, you know, the good, the bad, and the ugly. all comes out of the heart of man. You know, everything, you know, words, mouth, words are spoke based on what's on the heart. Actions are done based on what's in the heart. So we're talking about a divine influence. So grace is a God influence or a divine influence. Let's define that maybe. The word influence, okay, which is actually to me a key word, uh, especially when we're talking about Christianity because it's about God influencing you for you to turn around now and influence other people, praise God. But anyway, influence means the capacity or the power to produce an effect on or in another. It refers to impacting or imprinting, amen, so to empower, implant, or yeah, Im, imprint, pardon me, impact or imprint. There we go. All right, so uh, God, grace is divine influence upon the heart. And its reflection in the life. Now, I just want to kind of bring this out. Um, I do a lot of ministry on grace, sometimes, kind of come at it a little bit different angle. Normally, I'd probably start in different locations in the scripture, but because we're doing a study on grace, that's where I'm, I'm going to begin and that's where we're going to uh, bring it out of. But uh, the word talks about in 1 Peter 4, in verse 10, it says that it talks about the manifold grace of God manifold grace, uh, kind of a key word to me. Um, you know, you the word talks about the manifold wisdom of God. Talks about the manifold mercy or the manifold works of God. Amen. Uh, what it refers to is it means variegated or or multi-faced or multifaceted, uh, you know, thing. So if it's manifold grace, it's multifaceted grace. So the cool thing about grace or about wisdom or mercy or wor- His works, the cool thing is is that's it's multifaceted. Now, what does that mean? Well, um. I always get kind of reminded when I think about that. I always am reminded about out of Revelations four, and it talks about around the throne. It talks about the creatures around the throne that are kind of encircling the throne. And every time they come around, you know, they they sing, "Holy, holy, holy," is the Lord God Almighty, who was and is and is to come. You know, and it, And every time, you know, they again they say it again, and they like it's like they go around again, and they see it, you know, see something different, and they say it again. And to me, that's kind of how God is. You know, you kind of look at God just a little bit, just shift a little bit, and you see something a little bit different, something you never saw before. And that's the cool thing about God. Well, sometimes that's kind of the cool thing about, you know, the grace of God. You know, if you just kind of of come at it from a little bit different angle, it begins to open up and you see something different that you maybe didn't see before. So I said all that just to say this, okay, because a lot of times when you're looking at grace or hearing teaching on grace, you very rarely hear somebody just pull up that definition that it's a divine influence upon one's heart and then reflected in the life. Amen. And again, that's just the Strong's definition. Now, real quick, let's uh, since we're in the book of Acts, let's look at chapter uh, eleven, chapter eleven, and uh, we're going to go to verse uh, verse twenty-one, please. So, chapter eleven, verse twenty-one, please. And uh, it says this, and what we're going to do here is I'm going to give you a Bible description, some description of, of, of grace. So it says, and the hand of the Lord was with them, and a great number believed and turned to the Lord. Then news of these things came to the ears of the church in Jerusalem, and they sent out uh, Barnabas to go as far as Antioch. And when he came and had seen, here we go, had the, they'd seen something, they'd seen the grace of God. Uh, He was glad and encouraged them all uh, uh, that with purpose of heart they should continue with the Lord. Amen. Now, the only reason I'm just bringing this text out is because we're seeing kind of a description. Now, a a Bible definition in the Strong's definition is divine influence upon the heart, but here it's it's giving a description as the grace of God being the hand of the Lord. Okay, so the hand of God is, 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 you know, In this text, showing us it's the grace of God being seen. Okay? Let's look at another text. We'll go to chapter, oh, let's go to chapter 4. That's what we'll do. We'll go to 4. Acts chapter 4, and let's look at verse 32. It says, Now the multitude of those who believed were of one heart and one soul, neither did anyone say, uh, that any of the things he possessed was his own, but they had all things in common. And with, here we go, great power, the apostles gave witness to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus, and great grace was upon them all. So now here in this text, we're seeing where this great grace is defined as great power. Okay, earlier it was the hand of the Lord. Here it's showing its great power. If you re- recall um, probably don't have time necessarily to go there, uh, but in 2 Corinthians in, uh, chapter 12 and like around verse 9, he said that, uh, remember, Paul was having some issues, and so he went to the Lord about it. The Lord said, my grace is sufficient for you, uh, for uh, my strength, amen. Uh, it, well, I think it says something about, yeah, is made perfect, I believe it says, made perfect in weakness, amen. I think that's how it's defined. So he he de- refers to his grace as in that text as his strength. Okay, so uh, uh, this text says it's His power. It's great, grace is great power. In the other text, in chapter 11, it refers to it as the hand of God. Now, I'm just, just trying to show you something that grace is power, grace is strength. Grace is the hand of God, okay, at work. And it's, it's a divine influence that comes upon you and me as a believer, upon our heart, or the core, or the center, right? Okay the seat of control, that's then reflected in our life. So in other words, it's God's hand, it's God's power, it's God's strength, you know, coming upon you and me and then made evident in our life. You know, we can bear witness of it. We can see it. It's something, according to what we see here in the book of Acts, something you can see, something you can bear witness to, all right? So I'm just going to throw this out here because of where we're going. I'm kind of, you know, kind like I said, kind of coming at this thing a little bit different angle here. If we're not seeing strength, we're not seeing the power, we're not seeing the hand of God, then there's a good chance of probably not seeing the grace. Now just hang on to that because sometimes you know um, you know there's a little bit misunderstanding about some things about grace you know because we're saved or because we know the Lord we assume we're always walking in grace and that's not necessarily true because as we read back there in chapter 13, you have to continue in it. All right, and I'm going to show you more references on that here in a minute. So, with that said, let's now go to um, let's go to chapter 20 of the book of Acts. And again, I kind of threw that out there, but I want you uh, I want you to see this. So, chapter 20, and uh, let's go to like verse. Uh, I think I put in my notes here, 31 and 32. Let's look at this. It says. Therefore, watch and remember. I'm in Acts 20, verse 31. Therefore, watch and remember that for three years I did, did not cease, uh, did not cease to warn everyone night and day. I know, You notice know, for three years. Now, just keep this in mind. Uh, you know, a lot of times you see Paul goes into some place, wherever he, he hangs out there. He's there for a while. Now, I've you know, noticed that, you know, for the most part, people, you know, especially going through some of the stuff that this guy's went through, Most people can't even handle three weeks, let alone three years, okay? And there's a reason for it, okay? And so I'm hoping you're hearing this today. I hope you got an ear to hear it. All right, verse 32. So now, brethren, I commend uh, you to God and to the word, here we go, of His grace, okay, there it is again, which is able uh, to build you up. In other words, to build you up. Now, that word there, let's see, it just means to erect or construct. It also refers to things like to strengthen to increase or to reinforce. So hang on to that, which is able to build you up and give you an inheritance among all those who are sanctified. Now, I think it's the Amplified says, uh, give you your rightful inheritance, which is a good thing, right? But it says the word of His grace, in other words, the message of the grace, right? Which is able to build you up, uh, bring increase, right? What else was that defined as? see here, to strengthen, reinforce, to construct, or to build upon, okay? So which is able to build you up and then give you an inheritance, which is key. The word inheritance here means a possession, a portion, okay? Kind of makes sense, right? But it means allotment or a lot. In other words, in the, like in the sense of uh, your lot in life, okay? Sometimes you hear that reference, okay, or that kind of a statement. And that's what it's referring to here. So what it's talking about here? is an allotment or lot. It refers to uh, your fate, fortune, future, or destiny when you kind of look that up. That's what it's talking about. Now, the reason I said that, okay, because, you're, because grace always connects you to your future. Okay, let me explain that. All right, I do my best anyway. A um, lot of times when people refer to grace... Um, they have a tendency to, to lump mercy and grace together. A lot of times you hear that, right? You know, uh, praise God for His mercy and grace. You know? and, and I know nobody means anything by it, but a lot of times it gets lumped together. And so a lot of times when you hear people talk about grace or define grace, usually they're defining mercy. Because grace is about a hand up, not a hand out. Grace is about overcoming, not, not covering over. OK, and so a lot of times grace gets mis- misconstrued a little bit with mercy. Well, the cool thing about mercy, because mercy is a wonderful thing, but mercy connects or really disconnects you from your, your past. I mean, everything about mercy is about covering what, what was from here on back. OK, from this point back, mercy is there to cover that. OK, and it's there. It's, it's a free thing. It's, it's available for everybody. Right. His mercies are new every day. Praise God. But mercy is what disconnects you. From your past, but grace is what empowers you. See, connects you to your future and empowers you. It's God's hand, God's strength, God's power, right? It's a divine influence upon the heart and it's reflection in your life. Amen. So it's an empowerment. We have to see grace as an empowerment, but you have to also see it as something that you have to grab hold of, okay? Because you could you could come up short. We're going to show you a verse here in a minute on that, or two, or several actually. But anyway, so let's look at um, let's look at this. Uh, go to Romans five real quick. Romans five. All right, and uh, I'll come back to the book of Acts here in a minute. Now, Paul makes it real clear in his writings, and like I said, I, I'm normally when I'm talking about grace, I'm probably going to. I'm probably going to do a series on it, okay, and kind of let it all unfold and build on it from week to week, but we're kind of getting it all here in one, one service here. So I'm kind of really shoving a lot in in a short time. But Paul talks about everything that I am and everything that I do is by the grace of God, amen. It's because of the grace of God, I think he says in one text, amen. And we see references like Ephesians 3, Romans 15, you know, these are just some references where... Well, Paul refers to the grace. He says, everything that I do is because of grace. Amen. Now, we, maybe as believers, will say those same kind of statements, but sometimes, you know, we just kind of, it's a blanket statement. You know, we might just say, well, because of the grace of God, hallelujah, move on. Well, what does that mean? Okay. What was Paul referring to? Well, he says, that, see, it's because of this message of grace, okay, the word of His grace that were built up, that were erected, that we have increase. That we're climbing, in you know, going higher because of that grace. Amen. We're not only built up, but we also receive that rightful inheritance that we're called to. Our allotment, amen, or lot in life, amen. Our future or fortune—that that that which is ahead. Praise God. Now I'm, I'm really trying to you know hammer on that because again, all right, mercy is about disconnecting you from your past, whereas grace is connecting you to your future. And so if we're not staying connected, what happens is we start doing everything out there, come on now, not with His hand, but with our own hand, not with His strength, but our own strength, not with His power, but our own power. And if you recall, Paul talked a lot about grace, and especially in the book of Romans. He talked a lot about the law and grace, okay? Well, what, how does that, I mean, what, how does that break down? You know, we're, not, we're no longer under the law, but we're under grace. So, What does that mean? Well, under the law, the best way to, to uh, define that is it, it's about your own power. It's about your own ability, okay? You're fulfilling something in your own strength. Whereas grace is about fulfilling things in His strength, in His power, by His hand, amen. And so that's the difference. Now, in chapter 5 of Romans, in verse 17, he says this For if by one man's offense death reigned through the one, of course, talking about Adam, much more those who receive the abundance of grace and of the gift of righteousness will reign in life, amen, through the one Jesus Christ. Now that word reign means to, literally means to rule as a king. It means strength to govern, refers to about confidence to win or a commanding stability. In other words, you're gonna reign in life. Why? Because of this. He says, because you are receiving something. You're receiving the abundance of grace and of the gift of righteousness. Now the word receive here, Okay, it's pretty key because lambano is that word, that Greek word, but it means to seize what's been offered, all right? See, not everybody receives what's offered. You have to receive the abundance of grace and of the gift of righteousness. Now, A lot of times you think about righteousness, the word says you've been made the righteousness of God. And of course, we're not ministering on that today, but, but it's pretty key because when you start thinking about it, you've been made the righteousness of God based on what Christ did, not what you did. So in other words, what it did is it made a way, it made a a place for you that at any given time you have access to the Father because you've been accepted. Why? Because of what Jesus did. You are now the righteousness of God or in right standing with God. And it had nothing really to do with you other than the fact that you received it. Amen. When you receive it, praise God, hallelujah, you can walk in that. Amen. So you have right standing with God based on what Jesus did. But it says you have to receive the abundance of grace and of the gift of righteousness. In fact, a little bit later down in the chapter here, it says that righteousness reigns through, or pardon me, that grace reigns through righteousness. All right. So the point being is that you, you got into a place of right standing with God, but you got to receive that grace too. Okay? That empowerment, that divine influence upon the heart and its reflection in your life. You have to receive that. If you're going to continue in this, you're going to have to receive that. Okay, so anyway, praise God. So let me give you another uh, reference here. Let's go to Hebrews chapter 4. Amen, Hebrews chapter 4. Now, as I said earlier, you know, most of the time I'm going to spend a lot of weeks on this, just kind of building on it from week to week, but uh, you're kind of all getting everything shoved at you in in just a short time here. But uh, hopefully you got an ear to hear it, all right? So uh, Hebrews 4 and verse 16, a common text, right? But it says this, Let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace. You notice it's called the throne of grace. The throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. All right, let's say it again. Come boldly with confidence. Now, why do you come with confidence? Well, because you're the righteousness, righteousness of God. So you've already received the fact that you're in right standing. So because of that, you can come confident with confidence, you can come boldly, amen, with assurance uh, to the throne of uh, of God. Or in this case, it calls it the throne of grace. Now, the point I'm trying to make is that you, because of what Jesus did, have access to the throne at any time. But it says you're there to obtain something. It says, first off, that it's called the throne of grace, okay? But then it says you're to, uh, what did it say here? That we may obtain or grab hold of mercy, but it says to find mercy. Grace, that word find there means to discover, all right? So find or discover grace to help in time of need. So now here you are, you come before God, you you, you grab hold of the mercy that disconnects you, and in other words, it covers all that mess behind you, the shame, the guilt, the condemnation, all the other stuff. It, it, it disconnects you from that back here, but you find, amen, the grace to connect you to your future, the empowerment to fulfill it. Now, the reason I bring this out and the reason I, I, you know, I kind of hammer on this kind of thing, especially with our people here, is because you, if you notice a lot of times people, you know, have gifts and callings and anointings, uh, you know, I'm called to do this, or I'm called to do that, or God's calling me to do this, or God's leading me to do this, and yet you see most of the time people, you know, don't fulfill those callings, don't fulfill those giftings. They don't finish uh, what the leading or the bidding or the prompting of God was. And you think, well, why is that? Is that God? Did God, you know, you know, come up short when it come time to their life? Did did God turn his back on them? Uh, was it just uh, maybe their own uh, poor decisions or, or something? You know, sometimes you kind of you try to weigh all that out. But when it really comes down to it, it comes down to this: they're not being divinely influenced. Okay, so they're not they're not going to the throne, spending time with Him to let Him divinely influence them. See, right now, I'm talking to you. Okay, so what I'm doing right now is influencing you because you've given me the time to sit down and let me speak into you. So whether you're hearing a message or whether you're seeing me, uh, you know, via video or whatever, or you're reading something I wrote or, or whatever, see, the bottom line is you're, what you've done is you made movement toward, in a sense, now listen, made movement toward me to allow me to influence you. Or you gave ear to me, which is what you're doing right now. You're giving ear to me and allowing me to influence you. And you say, well, what's that have to do with it? Well, see, it's the same thing with God. If you want God to influence you, you're going to have to make movement toward him. You're going to have to give him an ear. Now, the reason that I'm so, you know, I, I, like I said, I hammer on that so much is because that's why a lot of people don't get finished what they're called to do. So I'm talking to students who are going to do great things in God. All right. And uh, the only way that's going to happen is you're going to have to get empowered every day to fulfill what you're called to do, whether it's a gifting, a uh, calling in your life, an anointing. Amen. Whether it's just a leading or a bidding uh, that God has given you, the idea is to get it done. Now, the same God that spoke that to you or deposited that in you, amen, is the same God that's going to empower you, strengthen you, right? Come on now, uh, to get the job done. See, that's the key, all right? Um, you know, many times we, we go to God, we get the leading, we take off running. And then about a month later, we think, well, how come I, you know, I'm out of I'm all burnt out, I'm all wore out, I'm all stressed out, you know, and you think, well, why, why, why is that? Well, my guess is, it's like I said earlier, if the hand of God ain't there, if the strength of God ain't there, if the power of God ain't there, there's probably no grace. Okay? Now there's no condemnation on that, but I'm just trying to tell you the importance again, I know I've talked about this in, in previous services, but the importance of time spent with God, letting God breathe into you every day, let God empower you every day. God has never asked you or me to fulfill anything without His power, without His strength, without His hand upon you to get it done. Amen. And that's why you don't, you don't want to you know, come back under the law where it's all about you performing, you doing you and your own ability and strength, but instead, amen. Every day going before Him, going to the throne of grace, you're you're receiving that mercy, but you're finding, you're discovering the grace, the empowerment, amen, that connects you to your future, that gets uh that gets you empowered. Remember now, it's divine influence upon the heart, and then it's reflected in your life. I have found you just get your get your heart influenced by God and I guarantee you the rest does you know the rest of it just kind of works out praise God you know I've had people when I've uh, talked these things sometimes I come up and they say well you know the grace of God is just you know it's 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 a free gift well of course it's a free gift it's always a free gift but God's just asking you to come over to the house and get it it says come to the throne of grace that you can find it that you can discover it praise God and I use a little example, and I don't know if this does anything for you or not, but it. But sometimes in in talking this, it kind of makes some things a little clearer. You know, if I was to uh, buy you, let's say, let's say I buy you a new vehicle, maybe how about an Escalade, all right, a Cadillac. You know what I mean? If you're going to buy you something, I'll buy you that, right? There you go. So anyway, if I buy you a new a new Cadillac, and I said uh, I bought you a a gift, it's for you, it's it's a free gift to you, and I just want you to have it, but. Um, uh, but I I need you to come out to the house and pick it up, all right? Now, uh, that didn't make it any less free to you just by asking you to come out to the house and pick it up. It's just as free, but I just asked you to come over to the house and pick it up. Now, of course, if we're talking about a new vehicle, I'm pretty sure, especially if I'm talking about a Cadillac or something like that, you'd say, yeah, in a heartbeat, I'm over there. Well, it's the same thing about grace. Grace says, it's a free gift. I'm just asking you to come over to the house and pick some up. Amen. Now, what happens many times is, as believers, as ministers of the gospel, it doesn't really matter whether we're talking about uh, somebody that's in the fivefold ministry or somebody just serving or helping out someplace. Um, uh, It doesn't matter who we're talking about in the body of Christ. We're all called to every day get empowered. Every day, get the strength of God, the hand of God at work in our lives. Because you know as well as I do that it's only a matter of time. And if we're not doing that, okay, and again, there's no condemnation on this. It's just the facts, okay? Sometimes we get so busy doing the work of the Lord, we forget about the Lord of the work. And what happens is pretty soon we're not spending any time at the throne. We're not being empowered. We're not being strengthened. And so what ends up happening is we come up short of some things. All right? Now, let's go back. Okay, now, I told you I was going to show you some verses on this. I want to show you this. So let's go back to chapter 13 of the book of Acts. Chapter 13 again. All right? Hallelujah. Chapter 13, verse 43 again. All right? And um, let's look at this uh let's just kind of jump down here at the end of the chapter or end of the verse, it says pers- that Paul had persuaded them what to continue in the grace of God. So again, what does that word continue mean? Let me go back up to my notes here. It means to remain abide, to stay over or to stay with it, okay? It refers to keep, in other words, someone keeping keep going or persisting or moving forward, okay. So to continue, to move forward with what, or partly says, in the grace of God. So continue in the grace of God. As I said earlier, and I'm saying it again, if He's telling us to continue in the grace of God, that means it implies that there's a chance you may not be continuing in it. Okay, just hang on to that. So let's look at another reference here, since we're here. Let's look at, uh, let's see here, let me get back to my notes. Here we go, uh, back to Hebrews again, Hebrews 12 this time. All right, so Hebrews 12, and I'm going to give you, um, let's see, how about verse, um, let's see, verse 15, says, looking carefully lest anyone should, here we go, fall short of the grace of God. So obviously, you could fall short of the grace of God. Okay, this word, fall short, we've got to define it, right? What does that mean? Well, it means to, to lack or to be deficient of. So it says here that you could, you could be lack or deficient of the grace of God. It's possible, okay? You just you have to look at that, okay? Let's look at another reference. Let's go to the book of uh, Galatians, please. So Galatians, all right? And, and uh, you know, again, somebody might say, well, what are, you, what are you doing with all this? Well, what happens is sometimes we deceive ourselves and we think, as I said earlier, that we think because we know the Lord, because we've accepted the Lord, that we're automatically walking in the grace of God. And there's a good chance you may not be, okay? You may not be under the strength or the power or the hand of God. You may not be allowing God to divinely influence. You might be, you know, out there doing all the things you should be doing, but you're doing it in your power, in your strength, and in your own ability. Now. Again, if you stop, you just get honest. There are times you know that you've probably done that yourself, okay? Or you get honest, you might just leave and look around, and, you know, we've all, you know, I've been in this thing for, I don't know what it's been now, 35, you know, odd years or more or whatever, but I've seen a lot of people come, a lot of people go. I've seen a lot of people who came and said, man, they're all gung-ho and all, you know, want to see great things, want to do great things, and they They jump into this thing with both feet and they're going after it. And before long, next thing you know, they're wore out, whipped, they're burnt out. They, uh, you know, pretty soon they don't want to, they stop coming, they stop doing this, stop doing that, and this progression of things. Next thing you know, they're not even serving God anymore. You think, well, what happened? Oh, they just had too much on their plate. No, that's not what happened. I'll tell you what happened. They weren't getting empowered. God was leading them and directing them, showing them things. God didn't go back on His word. He told them there's a gift in their life or a calling in their life or a a leading to go do or something to to go fulfill. God didn't pull back on any of that. It's just that God has never asked you or me to do anything without being empowered on a day-to-day basis, amen, from Him to get it done. Praise God. God has never asked you or me to fulfill anything in our own strength. Now, I think, you know, as far as even religiously speaking, we would all agree to that. Okay, But you have to understand that the only way then that you're going to walk in His power or His ability, the only way you're not going to come up short, or, or it's this verse here say, not continue or not fall short of it, amen, the only way it's going to happen is you're going to have to spend time with Him. You're going to have to move toward Him, amen. When you make movement toward Him, He makes movement toward you. I mean, we can go verse after verse after verse on that, amen. And again, we're talking about a divine influence, You know, like I said to you earlier, you know, right now, I'm influencing you because you've given ear to me, okay? Or anybody that you might watch or listen to or read their literature or whatever it is. You're allowing them to influence you because you've made movement of some kind toward that individual. Well, it's the same thing with God. The only way to get a divine influence is to hang out with Mr. Divine. If you want the grace of God, you're going to have to hang out with the God of grace. Amen. That empowerment. Again, doesn't make it any less free. It's a free gift to whosoever, and the Word says that you can receive the abundance of grace. I mean, more than you need to do any project, more than you need to, to fulfill any kind of a task at hand or whatever it is God is leading you to do, praise God. But He's asking, amen, for you to receive the empowerment to get the job done. All right, let's look at some more references. Galatians chapter 2, please, verse 21. I do not set aside the grace of God. Okay, the word set aside here means to frustrate, to nullify, or to make void. Do You know that you could nullify or make void the grace of God? Man, nobody wants to be guilty of that, but it can happen. Okay, you can come up short. All right, are you hearing me? Since we're in Galatians, how about chapter 5? I'll show you another one here. Verse 4 says, you have become estranged from Christ, you who attempt to be justified by the law, by doing things in your own strength or ability, but it says, you have, here we go, fallen from grace. This word fallen means to be driven off course, okay? You have fallen, you've been driven off course from grace. You're trying to do everything in your own strength, your own power, your own ability. What's happened is you've been driven off course of the grace of god oh hallelujah are you hearing this all right here's a couple more references second corinthians amen in fact uh, let's see do i want to go to all these well maybe i'll do it second corinthians chapter six verse one it says this okay we then as workers uh together with him also plead with you not to receive the grace of god here we go in vain this word in vain means to count without um to count without any real value, in other words, you can literally not count the grace of God of any value. All right, and somebody says, "Oh, I'd never do that." Well, I, You know, if I if I asked any Christian, you know, do you devalue grace? Well, they of course they're not going to say, "Well, yeah, 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 I do, I do." No, nobody's going to admit to that. But what it is, see, if you're not ever going to lean on it or trust in it or draw from it, come on, somebody, what's happened is you've already devalued it. Just think about it. Okay, think about it. Uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 15, you back up here a little bit. Hope you're doing okay. Verse uh, verse 10 says, But by the grace of God, I am what I am, and His grace, amen, toward me was not in vain. Now this particular word here, in vain, even though it's the same one in English, it's not the same one in the Greek. It literally means um, to be empty or without fruit. In other words, the, the grace that's toward me was not empty or without fruit, okay? But again, it's based on, are you drawn from it? Are you leaning? on it? See, he says, listen, all that grace, I went to God, I drew on the grace of God, amen, and it produced things in my life, praise God. I am what I am because of the grace. I've done what I've done because of the grace. Now, the reason he says that, okay, is not because he's making some religious statement. And I think I've hammered on that a little bit. Okay, It's not just some religious statement. It's about literally, the reason he could do it is because he spent time with Mr. Grace. Amen. Divine influence. God influence. Amen. He went to the throne of grace to obtain the grace of God. Amen. He spent time with the God of grace. Amen. To receive the grace of God. Amen. And he knew every day, if I don't do that, I can't fulfill what I'm called to do, what I'm asked to do. Now, again, I've said it probably two or three times already. I'm going to say it again. If you get honest with yourself, looking at your own life or even at some of the lives around you, not to be critical, but just why somebody doesn't fulfill or complete or finish something. Why maybe you're not fulfilling or completing something. Why you come up short or feel uh, you know, like you're stressing out or you're uh, burnt out or whatever. You have to get honest with yourself. Am I spending time at the throne of grace? Or have I gotten so busy that I've literally got so busy that I don't have time to do that? We, I mean, we have, we have all kinds of uh, things that try to justify it. You know, I got this, I got family, I got work, and now I've got, now I've got classes I got to go to, and, and I got to do this, and got to do that, and got to work in the church, and got to help in the nursery, and I got to help out with the youth, and I got to all these kind of things you start thinking about. But see, if you're not getting empowered every day, there's a good chance you're going to run out of steam. Okay, there's a good chance you're not going to fulfill what you got to fulfill. So it's by the grace of God. Amen. I want to show you one reference. I thought it kind of helps bring an example of what, it, what it's about. And we're going to go to the Old Covenant, to the book of Zechariah, which is like a couple from the end there. Uh, right before, I believe it's right before Malachi. Amen. So Zechariah chapter 4, and uh, I just thought it was a good example. kind of shows you... Uh, an example of of what we're talking about, and what we have in context. You you might remember the the reference in chapter four and verse six is not by might nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. We've all heard that. In fact, you might have that on some plaque, you know, on your desk or hanging on the wall, some kind of thing, you know. Uh, but it's what's going on in context is the governor of Judah, which is Zerubbabel. Okay, was asked to finish. The project of getting the temple uh, rebuilt, get it fixed, get it done. Okay, well, uh, you know, it became overwhelming. Okay, there was a lot to be done. He didn't seem to have a lot of other help. It seemed like maybe he was short on a few this or that or whatever. Just he just had a lot, and so he's sitting there trying to get it done, and uh, he's doing everything in his own power, in his own strength, and uh, well, you know, that only gets you so far. So what ends up happening is now it's 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 got put on the back burner. Now, think about this. This was the task, the job or the task that God gave Zerubbabel to get done. And, you know, after a little while, he's he's wearing out. He's a little tired. Now, come on. You might know what I'm talking about, right? You get a little bit tired. Pretty soon it's like, you know, I'm the only one doing anything. I'm the only one. You know, how come how come I'm the only one? You know, it just seemed like, you know, how, how come, you know. So pretty soon, uh, you know, it gets put on the back burner. And pretty soon we're not getting done, we got to get done. So he said this, uh, this is what the Lord said, uh, he said this, this is the word of the Lord to Zerubbabel, not by might nor by power. In other words, and we know this in, you know, what he's talking about is not by your might and not by your power. See, it's not by your strength. It's not by just your hand, right? Come on now. Now he has to put his hand to it, but it wasn't, it wasn't, The power of your hand getting the job done, right? He said it was by my spirit, okay, by my breath, which I think we've touched on, you know, in previous services. Amen. So by me breathing into you. Now, listen, he says this, uh, verse 7, Who are you, O great mountain? Before Zerubbabel you shall become a plain. Now, what's he talking about, a mountain or a plain here, okay? The mountain is the task at hand. In other words, what Zerubbabel was beginning to see, the task that God had asked him to do, he saw that as this big mountain in front of him, this massive thing in front of him that he, there's just no way I can get this done. So it became a mountain to him. But he said that mountain is becoming a plain. In other words, it's coming down. And he said this, it shall become a plain, and he shall bring forth the capstone, which is kind of another thing here, but, but with shouts of, here we go, grace, grace to it. In other words, we've even seeing in this, he's saying, listen, with shouts of grace, grace, that mountain, that task at hand is becoming a plain. In other words, it doesn't seem so overwhelming anymore. See, with grace, amen, hallelujah, and if you stop and you think about, you know, he said earlier, by my spirit... By him breathing into me every day, it's, it's saying no, nothing different than what I've been talking to you about grace today. It's time spent with God. If God isn't breathing into you every day, then you're going to come up short of strength. You're going to come up short of, of, uh, uh, of uh, ability to get it done. The hand of God you're not going to see at, at work, all you right, right? You're going you're gonna to miss out on the power that's available, all right? So you got to spend time. And I mean, I, I know who I'm talking to. Come on now. I, I'm telling you, man, we as Christians, we cannot forget our source. All right. Our source of strength, our source of power. Amen. We cannot forget. Amen. Uh, the hand of God. Amen. I'm telling you, God wants to do things in our life and wants to do things through you and me. Praise God. We're co laborers together. Praise God, with him. Amen. But he wants to empower you. But if you're going to get so busy out there trying to do things without spending any time with him, without allowing him to breathe into you, without him trying to, uh, allowing him to divinely influence you, what happens in, see, remember now, the core, the good, the bad, and the ugly come out of the heart of man. I'm telling you, it's good, bad, ugly. Okay, I'm just saying It doesn't matter. Whatever you're feeding this or influencing the core, the seed of control is going to determine an outcome. So if it isn't a God influence, come on now, on the heart, then that's not what's going to be reflected. So we got to have a divine influence upon our heart so it can be reflected in our life. And I'm telling you, grace is something that will be seen. It's something evident. It says you can bear witness to it. Amen. So again, I'm going to say it again. If there is no power, if there is no strength, if, you don't, if you're not seeing the hand of God at work, then I'm telling you there's no grace. Okay, There's no condemnation. It's just that we have to understand that if we're going to do what we're called to do, we're going to do what we've been asked to do. If we're going to fulfill the gifting, calling, the anointing, the, uh, the leading, the prompting, whatever it is, amen, if we want to fulfill those things, and we're going to have to be empowered every day by the one that called us, by the one that gave us the leading, the one that gave us the uh, you know the bidding or the prompting, the one that in the beginning anointed us. Right. So every day, it takes time with God to stay empowered to fulfill what we're called to fulfill. And I hope you got something today, Father. I give praise and glory and honor. Thank you once again. For your word, thank you for these principles today. Thank you for a people of God that lean on you, trust in you, draw on the grace from above, praise God. That empowerment, that strength to fulfill what they're called to fulfill. And Father, I give you the praise and the glory for it. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. I call you blessed. Thanks for listening. If you'd like to watch the video of this message, head over to vimeo.com forward slash wovictory or go to Jerry Roberts Ministry on Roku. For more information about who we are and what we do here at Order Victory, check out the website at wovictory.org. That's wovictory.org. See you there.